Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? <laughs> Had a, a, a good, interesting transition there. That's always good. Got the rock in the shoe. Good word, Pastor Ben. And um, man, just to echo kind of what they were saying, just, you know, from the bottom of my heart, um, thank you guys for supporting the youth group, coming out and just uh, being there and participating or donating. Uh, just whatever you did, I, we just really, truly appreciate that. That means a whole lot because that gives them an opportunity to get to camp and to have the big kids' blast day, and it's all about the kids. It's all about them, and, um, you know, they're the future of our church, and they're the right now of our church as well. They're the present, and pouring into them is the best thing that we can do as a church because they're coming up. And one of these days, they'll be the pastors of our community, and they'll be, you know, like, they'll be the leaders, and they'll be all these people. You guys all know all of this. And for you guys to come out and just, you may not think you're doing a whole lot by casting a poll or giving 15 bucks, but you're doing a huge thing, and we certainly appreciate that. I'm going to speak for Albie as well. And uh, today, downstairs, they're getting ready to do their uh, creation celebration, and it's, uh, they're going to have ice cream, so, I mean... We should probably all go downstairs and eat ice cream or something, but they're getting ready to have sundaes and all kinds of yummy stuff down there, um, and that's just to signify the end of the creation um, curriculum that they had set up, and they're all learning a lot. So if you get a chance to talk to one of your kids, ask them about the creation. I bet you they'll be able to tell you a little bit about it, what day happened and what, hap you know, what was created on what day, or ask them about the Ten Commandments if you talk to them for a second, like, they'll know, and a lot of them can recite the whole Ten Commandments, just, they can just do it, <laughs> I'm not even, I can't even do that, like, <laughs> well, we taught them to do it, and it's just awesome, so the kids are learning, and everything's going well, and um, all is going well with the youth, and we appreciate you guys. Uh, we are currently in a six-part series entitled Expense. The Cost of a Life Worth Living, and uh, we've been going through the book of Daniel one chapter at a time and highlighting character traits that I believe will help us all live a life that's worth living. If you've missed any of the previous weeks, that's okay. We got you covered. If you would go to the Facebook Bethesda People page, you'll find that most of the, well, all the sermons have been uploaded to that, and you can go click through to SoundCloud, and there's a whole cache of sermons on there from years, like years of sermons. And that's a resource that I highly encourage you to go and take advantage of because throughout the week I've been preaching for like the past, you know, a few weeks and I need to be poured into. And so what I've been doing is listening to a sermon on the way to work and a sermon on the way home and it's about, you know, perfect. And sometimes I'll listen to half of one on the way to work and half on the way back but it just builds me up throughout the week, and I can just get on my podcast and go to Bethesda People and listen to sermons from the past and, and be built up that way. And so take advantage of that because that's a very, very good resource that, you know, we didn't always used to have that resource, and now we do, and um, it's a really, really awesome thing. This week we're going to uh, be talking about being consistent as our character trait. We've already covered disciplined. Uh, being bold, being principled, and last week we did things a little differently. We got into groups, and uh, we talked about being spirit-filled and how awesome that was. I really heard a lot of good conversation happening out in the groups, a lot of good things going on. You guys seemed to enjoy yourself, and I was glad to see that. And uh, if you guys will turn with me to Daniel chapter 5, we'll be reading from there. 
Daniel chapter 5. If I can get my iPad up and going, we'll be in good shape. Perfect. All right. We'll read a little bit, then I'll paraphrase a little bit, then we'll read a little bit more, and we'll just go from there. King Belshazzar made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in front of the thousand. Belshazzar, when he tasted the wine, commanded that the vessels of gold and silver that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem be brought to him, that the king and his lords, his wives, his concubines might drink from them. Then they brought in the golden vessels that had been taken out of the temple of the house of God in Jerusalem, and the king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Immediately, the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace, opposite of the lampstand. And the king saw the hand as it wrote. Then the king's collar changed, and his thoughts alarmed him. His limbs gave way, and his knees knocked together. The king called loudly to bring in the enchanters, the Chaldeans, and the astrologers. The king declared to the wise men of Babylon, Whoever reads this writing and shows me its interpretation shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around his neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or make known to the king the interpretation. Then King Belshazzar was greatly alarmed, and his collar changed, and his lords were perplexed. And at this point, we see that um, the queen mother comes in, and she's reminiscing about a man named Daniel. And she's saying, hey, your dad, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, he had this guy around. I know that when you came in, and it was kind of probably like today if we have a president voted in, he doesn't keep the former vice president. He brings in his own vice president, and Daniel at the time was the second ruler over all of Babylon, the whole empire of Babylon, and he was second command only to the king. And so whenever his son took over, Belshazzar, he obviously demoted Daniel, because um, Daniel's not here at this time. So she comes up, she starts talking about, hey, your dad had this dude around that was spirit-filled, he had the spirit of God in him, like he was really intelligent. He could solve hard problems, he could solve riddles, he could interpret dreams, and he was just really, really smart. And he can probably interpret what this means if you bring him back in. And, and so he's like, yeah, sounds good, let's go get him. So they go, they find Daniel, and Daniel at this point, he's probably just you know being consistent as he is, probably just continuing to pray every day like he always has. He's probably growing a little beard, he's probably enjoying a little bit of retirement, I would say, at this point, maybe tending his garden, you know, who knows what he's doing, doing yoga, I don't know, you know, maybe it doesn't, you know, he's doing something out there, and he's just enjoying his time off, well now, he's needed all of a sudden again, so he hears a knock on the door, he, he, the, the guards come, they're like, hey, we need you to come, we need you to come, and we know we didn't need you at first, you know, but now we need you again, and so, can you imagine how you would respond in this situation, (laughs) 
Like, they didn't need you before, but now they need you. Like, for me, I'm prideful, and so I would probably just be like, tough, you know? You didn't need me then, you, you don't need me now. Tough, you know? I don't play games. You either, whatever, no big deal. You didn't need me, so whatever. Or some of you might be, like, jumping at the chance to go and see the king and be like, hey, I can interpret this dream. You should have kept me around. You know, you should have kept me. Whatever. I'll go and, and rub it in your face. Or, or maybe you'd be nice and just go do it and no questions asked. But Daniel, I don't think he had a choice. They just brought him before the king, and uh, he begins to tell the king about Nebuchadnezzar. And he's like, you saw your dad. You saw what he went through. He was the greatest king. Like, he was awesome. He was he was." amazing he would kill who he wanted to kill he would he would uh, raise up who he wanted to raise up he'd spare who he'd want to spare he would just he just did whatever he wanted you know whenever he wanted to do it and that was how he rolled and he was the greatest king in the greatest empire in the world but even he got too puffed up he got too arrogant and what did God do then God humbles him by making him we talked about it last week roam around in a field like a cow and eating the grass, and he grows these talons, and, he, and he's just acting like a crazy, insane person out there because God humbled him and showed him that, hey, I'm in charge. You may think that you created all this, but I created all this. And so Daniel is telling him, you were there. You, you're his son. You've seen him go through this thing. And that's where we pick up. We pick up in verse 22. And he said, you, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, though you knew all of this. Like, he's, he's just, like, surprised here. But you have lifted up yourself against the Lord of heaven, and the vessel of his house have been brought before you, and you and your lords, your wives, and your concubines have drunk wine from them. And you have praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which... Do not see or hear or know anything. But the God in whose hand is your breath and whose are all your ways, you have not honored. <laughs> and so Daniel is flabbergasted that he could see his father go through these things and he still just blatantly disregards the God of heaven. He doesn't care about what had happened. Obviously, he thinks he's, you know, head honcho. He said, since you didn't do this, this is what it's saying. And number 24, then from his presence, the hand was sent and the writing was inscribed. And this is the writing that was inscribed. Many, many, tekel and parson. This is the interpretation of the matter. Many, God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. Tekel, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Parson, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then Belshazzar gave the command, and Daniel was clothed with purple, a chain of gold was put around his neck, and a proclamation was made about him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, the Chaldean king, was killed, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom, being about 62 years old. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for Daniel. Thank you for the uh, awesome book that you've given us in the Bible, God, and just for this amazing, amazing story of his life. 
God, we ask that you would help us to be more like Daniel, that you would help us to have similar traits, that you would help us, God, to um, do the things that we know are necessary. Father, today I ask that you speak to us all individually, God, and give us a word that will help us to be closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Daniel is a very consistent person, <laughs> and that is awesome, and we should all be consistent, and it's not easy to be consistent in today's time, but I can give you just a couple of things, a couple of points, and I won't keep you long today, but just a couple of things that will help us all be more consistent and have a more consistent life. Number one is create specific and realistic goals. It's hard to be consistent if you don't have a strong idea of where you're going or what you want to accomplish. So it's a good thing to sit down and come up with goals, come up with a plan. Like if you want to be more consistent in your exercise habits or if you want to have a higher quality at work, if you want to be more productive or you desire a strong prayer life or you want to get closer to God through reading his word or however through worship or, or whatever it may be then you need to set up small goals and specific, realistic goals that you can actually meet and achieve. And once you set up a goal, like I want to have a stronger prayer life, you can start to set up smaller things that will help you reach that goal. So if you want to be you know, more consistent at work or whatever, you can have uh, tasks that you want to complete by a certain deadline, or you can work to be more organized at work. I know I personally, am way more organized at work than I am in any other facet of my life. Um, everything in my office is like perfect. It's almost like an OCD person's in there and people come in and they laugh at me and they, they, make, they mess things up on purpose and it drives me crazy and they think it's hilarious and I don't think it's funny but they think it's funny and it's one of those things. <laughs> like this just drives me nuts. I'm like don't, don't mess up my cork board. It, it's straight for a reason. Like I want it that way. And like, well, why is your push pins all collar coated? And I'm like, just hush, just go somewhere. Like, I'm just really, I'm just, I like things the way they are at my work. And I'm just, so I, I'm very productive at work because of it, I think. And if you want to be like that, you can set up those types of goals. You can organize things and make them neat and make them organized and, and get, you know, we can do that in our work. If you want to, you know, have a better workout habits or you want to lose a little weight, you can start just by saying, hey, I want to work out 30 minutes a day for three days a week. That's 90 minutes out of your week, and there's a you know, lot of time in a week. That's a little bit of time to just go work out, and you can do that. That's something that you can do, and that's a small start. And it'll help you see results. If you want to be more consistent in your prayer life, and I know I need to be more consistent in my prayer life, um, and so you can say... I'm going to pray every day this week, no matter what, I'm just going to pray every day, I'm just going to do it. You can do that, it's easy to say that, but how often do you get at the end of the day and realize, man, I didn't even pray today, <laughs> like, or I didn't even read my Bible today, I didn't even take the time to honor the God of heaven who, who gave me a job, who gave me life, who, who woke me up, I didn't take that time, like, how many times at the end of the day do we get there and think, man, I just completely whiffed that, like, what happened? Why didn't I pray? 
And so I would encourage you to make a specific goal. Like instead of saying, I want to pray every day, say every day at lunch, I'm going to take five minutes to read a few verses and pray every day at lunch. And maybe you get a 30-minute lunch, maybe you get whatever, but just take five minutes out of that time every single day and, and pray and read and, and get closer to God. And those are ways that you can have a stronger prayer life, you can have a, a stronger uh, biblical life, live closer to God. Those are ways that you can do that. And I'm a person that when I make goals, I make things, I have to set up reminders. Does anybody have a terrible memory? It's okay, you can admit it, because guess what? We have been programmed in our day and age to not have a good memory. We don't need to have it. We have cell phones, right? We have the internet at our fingertips. And I've even read articles that schools are starting to go away from the curriculum where they're like drilling things in the kid's head, trying to make them memorize dates and figures, and, and you know, they're just getting away from that now because they realize that it's not that important. We have cell phones. We, they can look up in an instant who killed Abraham Lincoln. They don't need to know that right off the top of their head or, or what theater he was killed in. Does anybody remember what theater he was killed in? No? Ford, there it is, Ford Theater. So, and if you didn't know, you could have just looked it up on your phone and you would have known in five seconds. So people are programmed to look it up, see it, forget it. Like, you may, you may look it up, but you won't for, remember that for months, you know what I mean, or years. You'll just be like, I'll just look it up again when it pops into my brain again. And so we're programmed to forget. So it's a good idea to leave notes for yourself, to set reminders on your phone, letting yourself know. And if you'll get in Greg's van at any given time, you will see a post-it note on his dashboard that tells him to, that reminds him to do something. Maybe, I don't know, whatever it could be that day that he needs to remember. He writes the post-it note, bam, right, on the, right by the radio so he sees it because he's going to look at the radio when he gets in. That's just how Greg is. He knows that. So, and he leaves them on everywhere throughout the house, don't you, Greg? So, and that's a good idea. And you can write your goals out on a post-it note, put them on your cell phone when you go, before you go to bed, when you wake up, look at your goals that for the day when you get up. And then you can take that off, put it in your pocket, put it on your mirror while you brush your teeth, whatever you want to do. And I know that that's silly to make a post-it note, like we have cell phones, but it's just a tangible thing. If you write something, you see it, you're going to remember to do it. So I encourage you to do that. Write notes for yourself, write on, put them on your refrigerator and your desk at work, on your dashboard, wherever you have to put it. Just remind yourself that, hey, take time to pray today. Take time to thank God for shoes today. Thank God for what he's done for you. And, and just take that time out of your day. And I know we shouldn't need the reminder, but man, life is hectic, isn't it? Like we have so much stuff going on all the time. It is so hard to remember to do anything because we're all going 100 miles an hour. We all have to, you know, do things that are just crazy. Make a note. Remind yourself that, hey, I just need to take time with God today. I just need to take five minutes out of my lunch or I just need to do something to try to improve my relationship with God. Make promises only if you can keep them. <laughs> How many people overschedule themselves? Come on. Uh-huh, it's everybody. We all think we can handle a lot. We all put a lot on our plates. And we all think that we can go forever and ever and ever doing that this pace, this pace. But guess what? It doesn't work. And that's what uh, researchers say is half of our problem and stress comes from the fact that we over 
um, schedule ourselves, that we just think we can do so much stuff in a day that we are constantly going 100 miles per hour. Only commit to something if you can do it and it's not going to cause you any extra stress. That is a way that you can be extremely consistent in your life. Like two weeks ago, I, I'm a very busy person. I have 16 clients and all those clients have to, I have to meet with each of them every single day. Some of them talk for 30 minutes. Some of them talk for an hour. It just depends on the client and how bad you know, their situation is or whatever. So I have to meet with each one of them every single day. I have to have treatment plans done for them. I have to have assessments done for them. And so by the time I get there at 7.30 to the time I clock out at 3.30, I am constantly moving, constantly doing something. It's nonstop. And I enjoy that. I need that in my life because if I'm not focused, then I'm doing something else. <laughs> like I shouldn't be doing or something. So it's good for me. But my boss came to me and said, hey, I know you're really busy, but we have three group slots each week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m., and we really need you to step in for a while until we can get a group facilitator. Can you do it? And I'm sitting there thinking, no, I can't do it. Like, I, I'm just absolutely to the max as we speak. I can't even, like, having this time to talk with you is cutting away from the things I need to get done anyway. Like, like I can't do it. So I look at her and I just tell her, yes, yes, I can do that, and I will do it. And and I was like, I will, I promise, I'll get it done, I'll do it really well, and you'll, you'll be proud of me. <laughs> and so I just took on another load of things that I knew better. But man, I'm really enjoying doing group. It's awesome, but man, it's really just wearing on me. And I told her, I'll try it for a while. If it doesn't work, I'm cutting it, okay? Because I wanna focus on clients individually. And, but man, I just, I just have trouble saying no. Does anybody else have trouble saying no? Yeah, come on, everybody has trouble. Oh, Megan, you don't have trouble saying no? I, I wanted to come and learn from you. <laughs> so, I understand, I understand. Hey, it's okay, look at your neighbor and say, it's okay to say no. It is okay, you can say that. And if you don't, if you get invited to a party and you don't wanna go, it's okay to say no, it's okay. Or if you don't have time to do it, it's all right to say I'm not doing it. I just can't, I'm sorry. You know, you don't have to be rude about it, just say no. And I promise you, most of the time, and if you think about it yourself, wouldn't you just rather someone just be honest with you rather than come and hate their life at your party? I mean, come on, just be honest, guys, it's okay. I need to work on this too, so don't worry, I'm not just telling you to do it, but I need to work on just saying no. Just, no, can't can't do it and that's okay it's okay to say no and doing that will help you to be way more consistent in your prayer life in your in your biblical life in, in every facet of your life and we can be like Daniel we can be the type of person who's always ready because Daniel is a consistent person he's ready in and he's ready out of season like no matter even though he was down there and he was kicked out of the king's court and he was doing whatever he was doing when he was brought back if Daniel had not been consistent and had not still been pursuing Jesus, when he came back and was called out, there's no way that he would have been able to interpret the writing on the wall. Because God would have been like, no, you just, you wasn't in that position, now you're, you forgot about me? Then no, I'm not going to help you interpret this thing. But no, he stayed consistent. 
and he's always ready for what's coming. He, he's been through hard times in his life before. He, he a 15-year-old prisoner of war. He's taken from his family, never to see them again, or his homeland again. He's taken into that, and, and, um, and they uh, take him and put him in this place, and they make him eat, or they try to make him eat all these different foods. He works his way from being a prisoner of war to being second in command. And then when the king dies... They take that from him, too. Like, he gets thrown in the lion's den for praying. <laughs> like, Daniel knows that life is going to throw curveballs sometimes. He knows that it's tough out there. He's prepared, but he's consistently pursuing Jesus, and he's consistently doing the things he knows that needs to be done so that when the bad things do happen, he's ready. And he's ready, and he can go and say, this is what the interpretation meant. Or he can go and pray and ask Jesus, and he knows that God is going to deliver what he needs in that moment. And I was thinking about Memorial Day weekend and what that means, and just you know, being thankful for, for our freedom and for the soldiers who fight for us every single day. And just I was thinking about that just the other day, and man, I was thinking how awesome that is and as I was thanking God I began to realize that man the military the branches of the military are very consistent in what they do they're continuously preparing they're always in some kind of a, a combat mode even when it's out of season like there's nothing happening they're still training they're still getting ready they're still preparing for this thing that's coming and they're consistent in that and no matter who's in the military, at any given time, they always have the same goal. They always have the same purpose. They always have the same thing, moving forward, moving forward, preparing. And that's what they do. And as I was thinking about that, I happened to see a squirrel. <laughs> and I know this sounds comical, but it's, this is real. So I'm sitting there thanking God for, for, the, for the soldiers and for all that and thinking about how they're consistent. And I see a squirrel run across a tree. And I'm like, okay. And I'm following the squirrel. And, you know, like watching it, it would jump around to different limbs. It falls out of the tree. It climbs back up the tree. He goes, he gets his acorn or whatever type of thing he had. He gets down the ground. He buries it. He goes back up. He's just constantly back and forth. And I was like, man, squirrels are like the most consistent creatures in the world. Like they're constantly preparing for winter. They're always preparing. They know winter is coming. They just know it. It's coming. It's not going to wait for anybody. It's coming soon enough. Greg will let you know. Christmas is coming, guys, all right? So just it's, it's on their way, and they're preparing every day. It could be a hot, sunny day like today, and we're thinking, I might have a cookout later. But the squirrel's thinking, I need to find some more nuts to bury so that when winter comes, I'm not going to die. I'm going to be able to be fat and happy and, and instead of looking for the remains of something else. So they go around, they're constantly digging, and they're doing these things, and they're consistent in their preparation for winter. And so I ask you today, are you ready for winter? <laughs> are you ready for when the bad stuff happens? Are you being consistent in your everyday life? And are you preparing for what's to come? Because you don't know. But you, I guarantee you know that life sucks sometimes, and that it's going to be hard and that you're going to go through things that isn't fair. My truck broke down, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. Jason was nice enough to come tow it for me, and, and just I, I was having trouble. You know, everybody thought, well, maybe it's a fuel pump, and uh, yeah, I didn't think it was a fuel pump, and Jason even was like, ah, maybe it's not the fuel pump, and so we didn't know, and I didn't want to buy a $250 fuel pump, but that wasn't the problem, and 
it ends up being an $8 fix where I just pull out a thing and spray something and plug it back in. It worked perfect. And it's just it's something silly like that. But I didn't have a truck for like a whole week. So Albie and I had to carpool back to work and do all these different things. And it was a nightmare. And I'm just sitting there thinking, God, I'm doing everything right. What is going on? And I know, you know, just a car trouble, but car trouble can throw you into a spiral. Like, oh, my life sucks. <laughs> you know, like it'll just do that to you. And life is like that. You think things are going great, and then out of the blue, something crazy happens. And so what I'm saying to you today is be consistent. Pray every day. Consistently go after God. Go after Jesus and, and, and look for that relationship. And I promise you that when the bad things come, which they will, it's not going to keep those things from happening. Bad things are still going to happen. But, man, you're going to have a brother and, and, and someone who loves you and a father in heaven who just cares about you and is just crazy about you. And he loves you and he wants what's best for you. And, and he has awesome plans in store. And just stay consistent and stay with him and you will see amazing things happen in your life. And so today I just ask you to stand with me and we'll end. And you guys can go about your day and have an awesome, awesome Memorial Day weekend. And today, I just want to ask you, are you ready for winter? Is that something that you've been preparing for? Do you have the rainy day fund? <laughs> have you prayed up? Have you read your Bible enough? Like, these are the things that we have to be prepared for. So today, I just want to pray for you. I want to give you the opportunity first to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior if you haven't done that yet. So if everybody will bow their head and close their eyes. Um, I'm just telling you, man, it's the best decision I ever made. <laughs> it's just been awesome. Um, God has taken me in places where I, I never thought I could go, and I'm doing things I never thought I'd be able to do, and I'm just telling you, if you make that decision to follow Jesus, you will see it's the greatest thing you can ever do. So if you're here today and you haven't made that decision and you would like to do that, go ahead and raise your hand. I won't have you say a prayer. I won't recognize you out loud. I won't do anything like that. I just want to give you the chance to say a prayer with yourself and Jesus. You can go ahead and raise your hand. Amen. I see that hand. God sees that hand. Amen. Anybody else? There's more. There's more people in the room. And God's been speaking to you. He's been saying, man, <laughs> you're just not as close as you used to be. Like you're not being consistent right now. Amen. Thank you. So if that's you and, and you were thinking, I just need to be more consistent. Like I am asking for forgiveness. I do have a, a good relationship, but man, I want to be more consistent with Jesus. I want to be closer to God. If that's you, go ahead and raise your hand today. We'll say a prayer together. Amen. God sees those hands. Yes. We should all desire to be more consistent with Jesus. Amen. Lots of hands. Good. So let's pray together. Father God, thank you, Jesus, for everything that you're doing in our lives. God, thank you for Daniel. Thank you for uh, Bethesda. And thank you for your son who died for our sins, God. God, we, we thank you for that. And we accept that free gift of salvation that he offers through his death, God, and through his resurrection. Father, we just thank you so much. And we make you the Lord of our life today, God. And we ask that you would allow us to be more consistent in our daily lives, God, in our personal lives and in our spiritual lives as well. God, that you would help us to 
pray more and to read more and to take time out of our day just to thank you. If, if not, just to thank you for our shoes, God. How awesome. So we thank you, God, and we, we praise your name today. And it's through Jesus that we pray. Amen.